The following is a pre-recorded program. Nine oh six News Radio six eighty WPTF. It is a Wednesday night. It is April the twenty fourth, the day after the anniversary of William Shakespeare's death, certainly and probably his birth. Uh, uh, we had a good program. Uh, Doug Maddox, who is with us tonight, and we hope that uh, the other part of the Maddox duo will will be with us momentarily. But Doug Maddox is the founder and and proprietor for many years, and and of late, his uh, offspring has joined him in the business. Yeah, uh, Maddox, John, have you got Doug's micro? Okay, um, uh, Maddox coined. I'll read it right off the sheet of paper that you gave me. And my wife wanted me to ask you a question. Uh, Maddox coins and stamps. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with them or uh, find out about them, MaddoxCoinsAndStamps.com will get you to the website. Yes, sir. Okay. And, and it's got both coins and stamps have an S on them, and it's one long, continuous word. Now, your office used to be, and, and it, you learn in the radio business not to ever say the wrong thing. So yeah. we're not going to say where you used to be. But we, it's 801. 801. Oberlin Road. Now, there are two buildings there, and is it in the one closest to where you used to be or furthest from where on, the one right on the corner? Do you understand my question? I may be, I didn't. I'm, no, it's, it's about two and a half blocks down from where we used to be, and it's on the, is if you're going from um, Hillsborough Street, it's on your North. left. It's, it's a three-story brick building. But there are two buildings there, aren't there? Uh, no, sir. There's just, right just, beside us is the... New garden that they put together for the Oberlin village with kind of crooked columns coming right. out of the ground. And so, and, and that next building is your building, and there isn't another building between there and the corner. Okay. Yes, there is another building. That's between that, the, yeah. You know, so you're in the first. That's what I was trying to find. Yeah. Out. You're in the first building, that's the one right. right beside the the twisted frames and everything. Yeah, it's three story modern art. I think yeah. that's what we would call that. Yes, sir. Well, so we know where you are. We're not very far, and that's what Mrs. Kearney wanted to know. She, I think, thought of you today because she went to um, Cameron Village, and she went to the post office and, mm-hmm. uh, and mailed some stuff. And that's the closest post office to to our house. I'll have to tell you a funny story about my grandnephew and mailing mail sometime. I, I am. I hope I identified myself. If I didn't, I'm Tom Kearney, and I get to be here Monday through Friday from 9 until 10 with a little bit of live and in real-time radio, and uh, we invite different people to come and talk about things that, that they know about and that we hope you will find interesting. And probably of all the people we invite now, the one that's been coming the longest is Mr. Uh, Doug Maddox because he goes back to the the uh, radio predecessors of this program back to 1975. And we didn't start doing it to 1988, but you go back to Bart Rittner's days. And did yes, you sir. Were you ever on with Barbara Heisler? You know, I think you've asked me that before, and I don't think so. I, I thought was I with had Donna, asked you, but not Barbara. We, Donna was Donna Mason. Was the, a, but that was morning time. It was in the morning time, yeah. and and, uh, and you were on, on some other occasions on, on yes, the station too. What we do here, and Doug is the brains of this outfit, is talk about stamps and coins, and and also about other printed material. He does a little bit of business, I think, probably, in auto, or at least knows about autographs. Some, we, yes, sir. We've done programs about those. And uh, all kinds of stamps, not just postage stamps. And, um, well, in any event, uh, if you have a question about anything that you uh, would like some 
Intelligence on. He's here tonight. You can join us here at 919-860-9783. And we talk about it in terms of not only is it what it's worth. Somebody will call up and say, I have a 1913 Lincoln penny. How much is it worth? But we might also talk about stamps in terms of how beautiful they are or how rare they are or lots of other ways. In fact, I think we've concluded, Doug, that we can sort of almost teach and understand American history through stamps mm-hmm. or world history for that matter. Yeah, you, but, you can. It's you know, you can even learn about Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Uh, and, indeed, you can. And in <laughs> fact, I have a book at home. I told you when I, I got it for Christmas a couple of years ago. That is the, the essentially the history of the of Great Britain and its royalty over the last two hundred and fifty, three hundred years, told through stamps. Mm-hmm. The stamps that I were can, created. I can see that. Yes, sir. To, re, to represent. Uh, and it came out of an exhibit, I think, that was held at the Library of Congress or someplace mm-hmm. along those lines. If if I knew the man's name, if I remember it, you might very well know it. I'll have to bring that book to you sometime. I'd like to see you it. At least peruse it. One of the things that happens when, when Doug Maddox comes uh, is we have a trivia question that he, he dreams up along the way. And uh, he's got one tonight, and he has to, to talk about it. Sure. Okay, tonight's trivia question, Tom, is what U.S. state had the first major gold find? You might even call it a gold rush. What was the what U.S. state had the first major gold find? Well, now we had a guy on here a couple of weeks ago who actually told us the answer to that. I'm not going to say who the guy was or what <laughs> what his topic was, but mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, this very question mm-hmm. came up, and uh, he he talked about it. And so, uh, but uh, what U.S. state had the first major gold find and? And it would have to be after, uh, let's say, 1789, 1790, because you've defined it as a state, not as a colony. I did indeed. And and I'm sure that was on, was on purpose. Mm-hmm. If you know the answer, 919 is our area code, 860-9783. If you have letters on your telephone, works out to be our call letters, WPTF. That's a good memory device. So it's 919-860-WPTF. Doug Maddox of Maddox Coins and Stamps with the uh, trivia question for tonight. And uh, we've thrown down the gauntlet now, um, and we won't see. uh, I've got to be careful because some of the material that follows this that we would be talking about, we will talk about it, but we can only talk about it after the— Yeah, well, we can jump down to other things if you like. Yeah, maybe we will do that. Uh, uh, I see something on here, and it's in bold type, uh, and that is— the great American, and I don't know what this is, the great American coin hunt is going on right now. What's that all about? Um, it's, I, I know limited things about it. Okay. But it's my understanding that a, a, a coin, either coin dealer or coin collector, picked out some, some kind of expensive coins, some gold coins, other things, and has been placing them all over the country, like— um, Maybe on top of a milk jug in a grocery store. What do you call it when people go out? It's some kind of hunt that people have. Well, I, I guess you're thinking about like a um, scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt. hunt. That's, yeah. I couldn't think of the word scavenger. But that. but it's anyway, uh, what his, I think, purpose was is to get more people interested in coin collecting so that maybe you might even look in your pocket. To see, you know, do I have a, a Blue Ridge Parkway quarter? Do I have a penny with a D or an S? Um, just, 
you know, part of it should, well, really all of coins well, well, so should you, be collecting you, should be fun, not just an investment. Right. And you've just generated some things that I, as a host, can can turn into something to talk about for a couple of minutes. One, you said a Blue, Blue Ridge Parkway quarter. Now, you know, we, you're not thinking of the Blue Ridge Parkway, I know, as a, an independent nation, but indeed uh, it is, I believe— a, there are a series of quarters that honor the American National Park. That's right. It's called the Amer- America the Beautiful series. started several years ago. Right. And, then, right. and, and there's, as I remember, they went through them. Did they go through them in the order in which the parks were created? Yes. And uh, we had, a, it isn't the guy I mentioned before, but we actually had a guy named Leonard Atkins on a couple of weeks ago who has a, a guide to driving up and down the Blue Ridge Parkway. Mm-hmm. And if you if you, I, I would like to go now that I have that guide. I've been on most of the parts in North Carolina, not all of them, mm-hmm. uh, particularly down toward the, the lower end. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to go up and start at the Skyline Drive up in Virginia and come all the way down. I and, would too. And if if you were, and I'm not, but if you were a per- person that liked to hike, he's charted out all the trails, some of them real short, some of them longer, mm-hmm. places you can stay and all those. So it was it was a very good program. Uh, and the other, uh, we need we need to. Uh, oh, I've forgotten what the other coin, the thing uh, about uh, uh, stamps and coins was. But we'll come back to that because I have another question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a, at least one caller on the line. I'm going to have to see if I can get my computer up. Uh, John, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk to these folks on the line, uh, and we'll also continue our discussion of stamps and coins with uh, Doug Maddox of Maddox Coins and Stamp. <music> 920 at News Radio 680 WPTF. Tom Kearney here on this Wednesday night. Doug Maddox is my guest. We're talking about stamps and coins, and Doug came up with a trivia question. Uh, Doug, uh, you want to read it again, and then I'll I'll herd these folks in here to talk to you about it. Okay. The trivia question is, what U.S. state had the first major gold find? Okay. Are you ready to talk to somebody? Sure. This is Kathy. Who is one of our old friends, Kathy? We haven't heard from you in a while. It's good good to know you're out there. Yeah, I was telling your gentleman. He said he didn't recognize my voice, and uh, I said that's okay. I hadn't been around for a while. My mother's been a little sick. Okay. Well, I hope everything is, comes along well, and it's it's good to hear from you too. Do you know what the first major gold find was? Well, I might make a fool out of myself, but I'm thinking it was North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You're right. Indeed it was, and it was right after, uh, within 10 years of the founding of, of the United States, you know, when they all joined up together. I think the Constitution sort of became official in 1789, I believe, or somewhere along there, and uh, maybe 17, well, yeah. Wasn't it, 49 when they, wasn't it 49 when they actually found the gold? No, no, it was 1780. 1798 is when it was. Okay, well, I guess one reason it made me think of that is because I think uh, UNC Charlotte uh, referred to themselves as the 49ers. Would that have been 1849? (laughs) Well, they found the the next, the really major, the one world-famous gold discovery was, of course, in 49, but that was in California. That's right. Oh, okay. I'm, I'll I, I, tell you, she's right about the 49ers. But that's I, what they're called. But I, 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 I don't know. But I think the reason they were— When my son was at Charlotte, they were called themselves the 49ers. And I may have misunderstood because I had more—I was I was not focusing on the gold rush at that time. I was focused on getting the young and settled. Well, but, I, think, uh, I think Charlotte College was founded in 1949. 
okay. And it became UNC Charlotte later, but it was uh, it was but not a re- These old gray hairs, I think, are. Uh, I told somebody one time that uh, uh, her Carol Poirot used to talk about the little gray cells in his brain, which gave him room to think. Right. And I tell people that uh, my little gray cells seem to be seeping out because I have more gray in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think they found gold. I'm going to say 1798 because I remember hearing a story about uh, the some farmer found this big chunk of rock on his uh, uh, on his land and he used it as a doorstop and it turned out to be a huge nugget of gold and there is a gold mine called the Reed Gold Mine which is there were more than one but the Reed Gold Mine has been preserved and it's a state historic site and you can go there and they have activities and you can I think you can pan for gold and you can go, th- go through Doug knows well, I don't know why I'm doing you, you talk about well, the Doug I won't take any of your time more of your time because you've got a lot I'm sure you've got people wanting to talk to you about coins and stamps but uh, I enjoyed the question and I'm glad I wasn't totally stupid mm-hmm. no, no you're no. Right, right on no you're, you're no no Kathy you're, you're and ne- I do miss you I'm you're sorry. not going. to you, but I don't take time to talk. Well, thank you, but you're never going to be stupid. Now you might be lacking in knowledge. You know that's <laughs> different. You know, you, you, but your mind's still working. You just haven't had haven't passed by the piece that tells but you about you know, gold mines yet. It's still true about me, though. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how I come across on the radio, but uh, I've always told your call stringer that I talk so southerly, so southern that sometimes even true southerners can't understand me. <laughs> Well, you're from Harnett County, aren't you? Johnson County. Johnson County. Johnson County. Well, that's <laughs> That's Jim Thornton country you're talking about there. Yeah, and you said, what do you want to see? Well, I'm going to let y'all go, so y'all got better business. Thank you, Kathy. I enjoy your conversation. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Doug, do you remember Jim Thornton? I do, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And let's see, if Joe, Joe Williams, do you remember Jim Thornton? Oh, yeah. There used to be a Ford dealer down there on 401. They had a picture of Jim and the owner on the wall and that thing. Was well, for the uninitiated and newcomers to our part of the world, Mr. Thornton was a well-known country musician, the barefoot boy from Broad Slab, I think is what he billed himself as, if, <laughs> if I remember correctly. He used to have a, a, a place uh, uh, on um, South Wilmington Street where, where Salisbury, or uh, is it Salisbury Street? Yeah, I think you're right. Where, where, yeah, that's right there where they joined. Right. I mean, it was a, it was a locator. If you were telling somebody from south of Raleigh where to go, you would come in and you say you turn left at Jim Thornton's place. <laughs> <laughs> that's more, right. More than once. Now, do you agree with uh, our our decision that uh, the goal, uh, major goal uh, discovery, the first one in the colonies or rather the states was was in North Carolina? Right. Yeah. You usually have a good story about everything, so I thought I would ask you that to see if you if you have you ever been to the Reed Gold Mine? I have, but it's been so long ago. All I remember about it was going in a, an entrance there and a, it being damp. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, some of the stuff they've had on TV about it fairly recently it looks like they've shored that entrance up and got it fairly well. Uh, well, uh, Chuck LeCount, who is uh, the deputy director of the historic sites, was here about three weeks ago, and yeah, and I, I got the impression that that things were 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 you know like you say new and improved. How about that? Yeah, they they've worked on the entrance. The best I remember when I was out there it may have been twenty five or thirty years ago, and uh, it was just a hole in the ground. But they got timbers there and got it looking nice now. It's just uh, this side of Charlotte, if I remember correctly. 
Yeah, uh, Stanley Mount, County. Stanley County near Albemarle. Yeah. And you could, if you, well, that's the way I go to Charlotte when I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing, and then I'll let you go. And it has nothing to do with coins, but you're the kind of person who might do. Are you going to Wings Over Wayne this weekend? Uh, no, you know, we went down there two or three years ago and went in there to old 111 and uh, saw most of it, but uh, I'm too old to fight that traffic on Seymour Johnson. Well, you just st- you stayed off base then is what you're saying. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. Are you going? Uh, no, the last time I went was when my when my daddy was alive, which was right good, but we went out on South Slocum Street and, and watched the planes, and you, yeah, could, yeah. you could see just about what you wanted to see. I don't think I'll go this time, but— uh, it's worth going to see if you have the time. It uh, is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back when I was working down there in Wayne County, we used to go to uh, Wilbur's and eat lunch and then come out there at the end of the runway on that old 111 mm-hmm. and watch those uh, tankers take off. They were on a regular schedule, and uh, sometimes you'd wonder if they were going to make it in the air before they got to the end of the <laughs> runway. Well, that was true of them, and it was also true of a B-52. You know, that's a much bigger plane. Yeah, uh, but it didn't weigh as much as those tankers. Oh, then. yeah. Well, they were mm-hmm. loaded down. The KC-135, I think, is mm-hmm. what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Well, I was out there one day uh, delivering some stuff to Wilbur, and I was out back, and this A-4 took off, and uh, he kicked <laughs> it just as he went over my head and scared but you can see the flame coming out of the back. You know. uh, I think it's called an a- the afterburner. That's right. Something yeah. like that. He probably kicked it in about the time he got over you. you there. That's exactly. I, I mean, he didn't do it because of that. It was probably time for him to do it. But he 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 went. His altitude increased quickly at that point. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just say, that. and that's a little plane, and it had a big engine in it. Yeah. yeah. And so, well, Joe, it's always nice to hear from you, and we're going to have to have a Goldsboro talk sometime. Uh, okay. Well, good talking to you guys. I hope you all both doing well. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Joe is a frequent caller, and he knows a lot about coins and stamps. I know you remember him and uh, sure. so on. Well, we got two people who agree that that is the answer. Uh, and uh, I, this means I can look at this, some of the material you've got here. We've got about a min- minute before we check the news. So if you want to find out what's going on in the world locally and from CBS, stay tuned. The private gold mentor that developed uh, out of the gold that was discovered in, in, in roughly the, uh, the area around Charlotte yes. was a man named Christopher and Augustus Beckler. Beckler, Beckler. yes. They were okay. German. Mm-hmm. And uh, they made—I'm uh, just reading what Doug has provided for me. He gave me a script here. Uh, $1, $2, $50, and $5 coins there. They did, they were, and they were um, good metallurgists. They knew how to—, to alloy it correctly, and people considered their coins to be very fair, safe, and um, yet, you know, as pure as they said that were. Which is an important factor. In, yes, in, they're in, very important in, in back this. then, yeah. We need to stop, but we'll come back and, and round this up a little bit. Doug Maddox of Maddox Coins and Stamps is our guest. We'll be back after the news. The following is a pre-recorded program. 33 at News Radio 680 WPTF. Wednesday night, it is April the 24th. This is a point where we usually try to do a little promoing. Uh, by the way, we publish our schedule on the WPTF website. What you have to do is look up my name as a host and follow it down, and you can discover what we are planning to have for the whole week. And we usually uh, send it in to the website manager on Monday, and she gets it on there pretty quickly after that, so you can tell what to expect if you are the kind of person who uh, 
sometimes wants to know if something um, – well, we had a good Civil War historian on a couple of weeks ago, and anybody that likes Civil War history would like that. And if you were interested in coins and stamps, sometimes I get an email saying, when is that guy who talks about coins and stamps going to be on again? So, uh, And that's why you keep getting invited. It's good. People, people are interested in when you'll be <laughs> on. But in any event, um, uh, tomorrow night, uh, Ernest Dollar. Have you ever met Ernie Dollar? He's the— uh, executive director of the Museum of Rale- Raleigh History. It, mm-hmm. uh, they reversed the words a little bit, and so I, but it's actually uh, the, it used to be the Raleigh History Museum downtown that's in the Briggs Building. Right. Now, right. Well, no, and I the, don't think I've met him. Well, this, well, you 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 need to meet him sometime because his name is Dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, but no, he uh, he d- he's doing a wonderful job. The city took over that museum when it was not doing well in private hands for one reason or another. I don't know the answers mm-hmm. to that, but it's been doing particularly well under under Ernie Dollar's guidance and good. so on. And uh, so I can recommend it to you. you. You can get a real good weekend of history and other things if you go downtown and visit the Capitol on weekends and the North Carolina Museum of History, as you know, and the Museum of Science are right across the street. Mm-hmm. And then you go down Fayetteville Street about a block, and that's where the Briggs Hardware yeah. Oh, it's not called that now. It's the Raleigh. It's the but it's the I think the oldest building down there. And it's uh, a really good museum. Yeah, it is a good museum, and it's got and they've had a, a had an exhibit dedicated to the cartoons of Dwayne Powell, who just mm-hmm. passed away within those, the last yeah. week. Uh, for and I think it's still up. And if you are if you like political cartooning, uh, he was very good. He was very good. <laughs> yes. yes, he was. He's up there with her, her block. He used to be in the Washington Post, and yeah. Bill Malden used to do yeah. it in the Chicago papers. And a lot of—I love political cartoons. So uh, anyway, uh, but Ernie's going to be here tomorrow night because about 154 years ago, about this time, uh, Raleigh was shaking a little bit because uh, the William Tecumseh Sherman and his armies were approaching Raleigh, mm-hmm. and uh, they had had a battle with— uh, with the Confederates at Bentonville uh, in the late part of March, and they had gotten this far. They were headed to Durham mm-hmm. to, to the eventual surrender that was going to take place mm-hmm. when General Johnson finally decided there was no point to go on. And uh, Sherman got to Goldsboro, and he wanted to go there because that's where the railroads cross. That's and, right, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's a rail it was the rail center, but he, he was coming to Raleigh, and the last— state capital that he had been in was Columbia, and they're pretty sure now—they think now that he it was not burned at his orders, that it was a couple of people, soldiers, a bunch of soldiers got drunk and, and unintentionally set it off, but it burned down anyway. Yeah. And he had certainly indicated in, in his transit of Georgia that he was taking this business seriously. And, uh, uh, well, anyway, there was a lot of bad stuff happened, and so—but uh, the story of how Raleigh— uh, saved itself, and uh, it was um, uh, about this time of year that they uh, some rockets were sent off from the state capitol indicating that the war was over. Mm, cool. Yeah, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Yeah, Appomattox yeah. took place on um, April 9th, which was about two weeks ago. It was so the, uh, the, the house in Durham where the mm-hmm. surrender took place. Anyway, that's Ernest is going to be here tomorrow night, and Friday night is going to be trivia night. Next Monday night, a show that if you're interested in North Carolina sports, North Carolina history, Don Fish, who's the executive director of the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame, hmm. is going to be here, and they're going to be inducting a new class 
uh, at the end of next week. I think it's like May 3rd or 4th, mm-hmm. somewhere like that. It's, it's Friday, I believe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Don usually comes by and gives us a look at the – they've announced. I think they announced it in January who the new people would be. But uh, but we get to, to run over that and remind people. So if they want to go, they can do that. But tonight we're talking about coins and stamps, and we were talking about – uh, the, the trivia question, which we got a successful answer to, and that is the first state to have a major gold fine. I, I don't know if other states—well, I know Georgia had a major gold fine, and then I know California did, and I don't know how many others in between. Yeah, the, I think the same vein, just kind of judging from maps I've seen, that went through Stanley County, Rutherford County, Mecklenburg County, seemed to miss South Carolina, make it into Georgia. Mm-hmm. And— um, Dahlonega, I think is the Well, Dahlonega was a mint. Was a mint, okay. Yeah, it's north of Atlanta. Okay. I don't know how much gold was coming out of that, and I don't know what county that is. Right. But, um, but is that where the, the vein that you're talking about ran in that direction? I, I was thinking it was a little farther west than, than that, but I I'm, I'm may be wrong. No, no, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm— you're talking about out out there, pretty close to Murphy and Brasstown and places like that, where you, a lot of people don't know that you can get to Georgia without going through South Carolina, because yes. the Georgia touches North Carolina at the far western end. That's right, and I, I know that there's a lot of tourist trade from Atlanta people coming up to like, mm-hmm. um, well, not Little Switzerland, but the, a, a more southern town. Fontana. Yeah, that area, like that, yeah. And that, yeah. And, um, but the, there was a, a guy that made coins kind of like the Becklers, and they did make a few Georgia issues, but a fellow named Templeton Reed, mm-hmm. and, of course, they're very rare also. But his were not as pure, we find later, that is— as the Beckler coins, if if he stated that they were twenty one carat, they may only been eighteen carats. No, that's not, no, is this where the Reed name and Reed gold mine came from? No, no, it's no. A different. He, he's different further mine. west. He's much. Yeah, I think his. I think the Reed gold mine is R E E D, and I think his is R E I D. Ah, okay. But I'm okay. going from memory on that. All right, all right, but. Uh, yeah, that, that's the area over there. And if you go a little bit further, uh, once you get out of North Carolina, you end up to identify for people in Chattanooga, which uh, there's a, a kind of a, a, what am I trying to say, like a, a pass or a valley or something there where the trains ran through. Mm-hmm. And that made Chattanooga a major rail. rail. Yes, yes. I guess that's why we had the Chattanooga choo-choo. <laughs> I think that's probably right. <laughs> I, I, I think it probably is at least partially right. It may have been also that it rhymed or made a good rhythm or something for whoever did that particular song. But uh, gold, and then in California at Sutler's Mill in 1848, a, a huge thing that changed the history of America. In fact, it, uh People came from all over the world hoping to make their fortune. And you know what they say now is that the people who made the most money were not the people who were digging for gold, but the people who sold them their supplies. Their supplies that assayed the gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I think that's— Right, right. And then I didn't put on our, on our sheet here, but, the, I mean, then, then the next big find was in the Klondike. Right. And what was our territory then, somewhere in the 18, late 1890s. Jack London is a, a, wrote a lot about that. It was yeah. fiction, but they, that led people to 
to go to the Klondike, north to Alaska. Is That's the thing, right. What the, what the song would say. Mm-hmm. And then, but there were big uh, gold. There was some gold discovered in silver in uh, in Colorado too. Yes, particular. I think more of silver than gold, but they, I think oftentimes they come together mm-hmm. in these veins. Right. Um, but yeah, Carson City became a mint um, because they were finding so much silver there. The Comstock load. Yes, the, I think that's what it was called. It, right. And it was just an enormous amount of silver. So they just, instead of hauling it to San Francisco, just made a mint in Carson City. And mm-hmm. pretty much any Carson City coin, and it has a CC mint mark. There is no mint there now. It's a museum It's a now. museum, right. Right, so but the, it, they were pretty much all col- very collectible. Well, now, in terms of, of mints, we might, I might as well ask this because we, we can't presume that everyone who listens has heard all of our shows. We've talked about this before, but yeah. there's a major mint in Denver, I believe, and in San Francisco and in Philadelphia. Is, does that cover the major mints? Um, no, there's one in West Point. West it's Point. It's our newest mint. Okay. And it's— um, the Philadelphia Mint is the main mint. Okay. And it always has been. Okay. Well, it's, it was, and we tend to, you know, Philadelphia is a quiet town. It's it's just there, and it has lots of people in it, and it's apparently a very nice place to live. And then really, that's where the Constitution was written and the mm-hmm. Declaration of Independence. And, very historical uh, very place. Very historical place. Yeah. And, uh, and I've met some people who, who live there who really like it and everything. But it, a lot goes on there, but it just doesn't—it isn't as loud as New York and Chicago and places like that. Yeah, it, it doesn't—yeah, it doesn't get the publicity, I guess. But, and I uh, like it. I've, I've spent quite a bit of time there. Yeah, you conventions and stuff. And, and you, didn't you do some work for—I I'm, I'm, shouldn't say—but the American— Philatelic Society or something there? Or no, a uh, big work that I did there was for the Pennsylvania Historical Society, okay. um, helping them to go through um, their envelopes and things, you know, that had stamps on them. Right. And we raised almost $2 million for that. Mm. Yeah. Now, this identifies for you the thing that I was attempting to say at the beginning, that Mr. Maddox not only does coins and stamps, but also uh, other manuscripts and written materials and autographs. Mm-hmm. And we've, in fact, in, in at different times, we've had programs that tended to concentrate a little bit on paper money. I know we had done one or two, yeah. and also autographs. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I've learned some valuable stuff about Bert, Button Gwinnett, mm-hmm. a good Georgia boy, who, yeah. uh, whose signature, I think, is the most valuable in America. It's it's right up there. Right up there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's always hard to say because the next rare item at auction mm-hmm. might surpass the last, but his is certainly very rare. You're like a lawyer, Mr. Maddox. You're, <laughs> you're very judicious and, and, and correct in that. In that. Uh, but uh, uh, it's, it's good to find out these sorts of things. If you have a question about a stamp or a coin in your possession or anything along those lines that we have been talking about tonight, 919-860-9783. We'll be back. 949 at News Radio 680 WCTF. If you have a question about stamps or coins, I know in case I get a call, I got a call a couple of years ago uh, asking me about Mr. Maddox. It was someone from my hometown that I did not know, but they they knew that we, he was on our program and how they could get in touch with him. And uh, the way you can do that is uh, 
Maddox Coins and Stamps, and it's M-A-T-T-O-X, coinsandstamps.com. That's the website. Yes, sir. Okay. And um, uh, you're at 801 Oberlin Road? Yes. It's in. There's a building there, an office building, and Mm -hmm. you you moved there about three or four months ago. Yes, that's correct. It's a... it used to be located down, down further down the same street. So, yes. uh, and uh, that's what Mrs. Kearney wanted to know about. And the phone number, if you need it, is a nine one nine number, and it's eight three two 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 nine one. Correct. And I gave him a homework assignment because I knew that Gary Walton was going to come. And I, I, I like to celebrate birthdays of famous people, so we will remember them. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things we talked about a little bit Monday night when Dr. Walton, who teaches at Meredith, was here, was. The significance of Shakespeare, I, I, it seems like uh, young people today maybe don't study that stuff as much as they did when we were young. But Dr. Walton, I, I think he thinks there's still a lot of interest in mm-hmm. it. Uh, uh, teenagers still want to know who Romeo and Juliet were. And, yeah. and Hamlet's to be or not to be is still a popular question. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so um, I think probably I learned that I was a little bit off there. But the homework assignment was to come up with something uh, about Shakespeare, and what what was it that you came up with? Well, <clears throat> the the United States issued a Shakespeare commemorative stamp in 1964. For that would the, be the anniversary of his birth, right? Four hundred, four hundred. Yes, and um, Great Britain, his his home country, of course, they issued a set of four stamps, and that in 1964 would have been back when they had pence and shillings. Mm-hmm. They had not gone decimal yet. So right. it's a really attractive set of four um, stamps with Queen Elizabeth on them. And one of the things that, that is true of Brit money is it's attractive usually. Mm-hmm. When we get through with this, I want to ask you about all those pence and things, those denominations. What happened to those and where they did they become collectible or, or well, you know, because they really had to, first of all, they they became decimal, so they changed the money then and then. They have changed. Didn't know they, did they ever go on the euro? Yes. No, no, the Irish did. I, I've, I've been someplace that I had to buy gas that I had to pay in euros, and it was not England. It would have been, uh, yeah, Ireland. Ireland. This, actually, I was talking about stamps on the set of four, not okay. coins. But, not coins, um, okay. Now, Shakespeare may be on a piece of English currency, I, but I don't know, Tom. I did not look that up. Well, I, I think what I said, though, actually transfers their, their money, their paper money is, has really nice uh, pictures on it, and they have color. Yeah, they, it's not yeah, all green. They do have authors, and right. it's not all just the queen. You can find Right, exactly. You can find Charles Dickens on there yeah. and people like that. And That's so correct. And, uh, the, and, and I told you I had read this history of, of England, uh, Basically, I think uh, from about 1800, 1750, uh, through the stamps that, and and it and it's very careful to tell you who designed the stamps and where they worked in the royal, you know, bureaucracy and everything, mm-hmm. and, and their works of art. And uh, yeah, absolutely, they don't yeah. just throw. If you're dealing with the kings and queens, you just have to be careful what you do. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I no, I don't think that's that hasn't been the case for a while. But at one time, it would have been the case. Well, so that's so. Uh, there's always the the idea, you know, when you put a stamp on a, a letter in order so that a person can't use it again is you cancel it. Mm-hmm. And not only in England, but other countries always the the question was, well, do you just <laughs> whack the queen right on the head with a big black cancel or what do you do? And mm-hmm. in the case of most English stamps, yes, they did. 
They just go ahead and— uh, But there was a—I think there's one German state where they tried to make the cancellation kind of wrap around the the profile of the— So it wouldn't come right on the face of Right the, on his face, and it's <laughs> that's an interesting dilemma. Right. I, I have to ask you, um, I, I discovered a program on television that I like, and it has to do with post office— and if you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's a series of movies that are part of the Hallmark thing, and it's called Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. And mm-hmm. it's about people who, for people who work in the dead letter office, and they're, the mystery that they're working on is usually trying to deliver. Yeah, uh, interesting. Interesting yeah. Uh, pieces of mail that they've discovered. But the part that's really enchanting about it is that there are a couple of really nice romances going on, <laughs> and uh, it yeah. makes it a, a very uh, warm and entertaining Kind of thing. It's yeah. called, so, and I just read recently that there, the woman who wrote, writes these is the woman who did "Touched by an Angel." So you mm. can tell mm-hmm. what kind of hand. That, and that program was on about six or seven years. It was on a long time. On yeah. a long time. But uh, I commend it if it, if you get a chance to see it. It's on the. I think it's going to be on the Hallmark Drama Channel. One of those that you I think you have to pay a, like five dollars a month extra or something mm-hmm. to get it or. I don't understand all the stuff you get on the handheld things, but but people can find their way, signed, sure. sealed, and delivered. <laughs> and in any event, uh, uh, something that we don't often to, often I don't often allude to, and I should, is uh, because people call up and ask me about this, and uh, and that's all right. Uh, uh, we don't get thousands of calls, but we have a steady calls and emails about how do I get in touch with those people? And you know, some of them have come to visit you. Yes. Uh, but you, you, you also are willing to say that you buy coins, you buy currency, uh, paper money, in other yeah. words, gold and silver, raw gold, or, or well, how, well, you talk about that. We've got about a minute left. But, sure. Yeah. With know. gold and silver, we don't we don't buy very much like. Um, Scrap, yeah. um, you know, meaning old rings and and chains, and just we're not set up for that. But we buy a lot of coin form or bar form right. that's already been asked. That's what I that's what I thought was the case. Yes, you, sir. And I couldn't uh, when the dentist pulled my tooth, he gave me the gold <laughs> filling. I yeah. couldn't. You you wouldn't want to buy well, that, would you? You know, if it's somebody I know, I, I'll you know <laughs> I'll weigh there. <laughs> Stuff, I'm but sorry, I, I should have asked you about that. We tend not to. But I made him, <laughs> I, I, I asked him for it, and he kindly delivered it. But you also have stamps and historical autographs. 801 Oberlin Road. Yes. About It's about two and a half, three blocks from Cameron Village, and yes. about that far from where your former place was. I want to thank you for coming and being with Enjoyed us. Enjoyed it. Yes, sir.